Is it time to get charged up? Visit downtown Kia EV Discovery Center, Lower Mainland's newest Kia dealer, the electric vehicle experts. Learn all about their amazing lineup of electric vehicles and discover excellence. Call downtown Kia today to arrange a test drive and they'll bring the test drive to you. Downtown Kia is located at the corner of West 8th and Burrard Street in Vancouver. Check them out online at downtownkia.com or call 604-336-9050. Welcome to the latest episode of Plugged In, a post-media podcast taking you down Canada's electric vehicle highway. I'm your host, Andrew McCready. My guest today is a true pioneer in Canada's electric vehicle community, not only as an early adopter of the technology, but as a tireless advocate in providing consumers with unfiltered information about electric vehicles. Kara Clareman founded Plug and Drive nearly a decade ago, and the nonprofit's EV Discovery Center and associated programs are models for educating the public about the pros and cons of owning and operating an EV. But before we get to Kara, some big electric vehicle news that is making headlines. General Motors has long been a player in the EV space, from its infamous EV1 to the groundbreaking Chevrolet Volt PHV to the current generation Chevrolet Bolt. And last week, the company put the competition on notice with sweeping announcements regarding its future electric vehicle endeavors. GM President Mark Rees went so far as to call it an historic reinvention of the company. Hyperbole aside, at the core of the plan are two elements, a so-called modular propulsion system and new battery technology. The modular idea isn't new to the automotive world, it being the concept of basing a number of different vehicles on the same platform in the name of economies of scale. For example, GM plans just 19 different battery and drive unit configurations compared to the 550 internal combustion power train combinations it utilizes today. What is new is GM's plan to bring this design technique to a wide range of electric vehicles, including pickup trucks, SUVs, crossovers, cars, and commercial vehicles. Clearly, the company believes third-party forecasts that electric vehicle sales in the United States will double between 2025 and 2030 to approximately 3 million units. Much of that growth is expected to be driven by new EVs in these popular segments. The bigger news, however, concerns General Motors' new proprietary battery. Called Ultium and created through a joint venture with LG Chem, The batteries utilize low cobalt chemistry and, according to GM, are unique in the industry as their large format, pouch-style cells can be stacked vertically or horizontally inside the battery pack. The company says this will allow engineers to not only optimize battery energy storage, but also provide different layouts for each vehicle segment. Ultium-powered EVs will be designed for level 2 and DC fast charging. And while most will have 400-volt battery packs and up to 200-kilowatt fast-charging capability, GM's truck platforms will feature 800-volt battery packs and 350-kilowatt fast-charging capability. All of this is great news, but the big question is, when will we be able to drive one? GM does have a number of new EVs coming to showrooms, including an all-new Bolt later this year, the 2022 Bolt EUV next summer, and new all-electrics from Cadillac, GMC, and Buick rolling out this year. But the first Ultium-powered vehicle will be the Cadillac Lyric SUV, expected to be revealed next month, but not available in Canada until 2023. 
Perhaps the most telling statement from GM during the splashy announcement was this. The first generation of GM's future EV program will be profitable. If that proves true, the EV tipping point we often reference on this podcast just might be upon us. Okay, let's talk with Kara. So, um, first question, what was the first EV that you ever drove? I believe the very first drive I ever took was in a Mitsubishi iMeve. Okay, so probably... But soon after, so in 2010, I would say. Uh, soon after, though, I bought the uh, 2011 Nissan Leaf. So you are classified an early adopter. Very early adopter. <laughs> so what was your impression of that, that first EV drive? Actually, I thought it was incredible. Even though now I think those cars almost seem antiquated, even though it's only 10 years. Even then, it, it had a lot of advanced technology in there. Uh, it was quiet, very peppy. You know, it, it seemed amazing to me, at the, even at the time. Right. I, uh, my experience was about the first time. And, and as I told people at the time, it felt like I was driving the future. For sure. So, so tell our listeners uh, what exactly Plug and Drive is. Sure. So uh, Plug and Drive is a not-for-profit, and uh, we focus on helping consumers make the switch uh, with a focus primarily on education, helping the consumer around those all-important environmental and economic benefits of driving electric. So do you, do you I mean, you established this, you founded this uh, non-profit, obviously filling what you felt was a void or, 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 or meeting a need that you saw. Exactly. I mean, as we saw the automakers bringing the cars out, uh, you know, in sort of 2010, 2011, 2012, uh, what we found uh, through some research was that people really didn't know anything about them and certainly not enough to consider buying one. And uh, I thought, well, what can a you know, a small sort of startup not-for-profit really do. We're obviously not going to make cars. We're not going to make chargers. But one thing we could do was help with education. And, um, you know, unfortunately, still to this day, uh, there's still quite a big educational gap, which is to say a lot of people still don't know all the amazing benefits of driving electric. And so we're still, still working away on that. For somebody who would be interested in, in taking up your service, how, how would they approach that? So <clears throat> we focus, uh, as I said, primarily on what I would call outreach and education. We do it a couple of ways. Uh, we have uh, our EV Discovery Center here in Toronto, which is sort of a one-stop shop facility. Imagine uh, Science Center meets Car Showroom, where we have all the makes and models of EV available to test drive with no pressure to buy anything. So it's a fun sort of interactive environment. We have a lot of cool interactive displays inside and then outside you try the cars. And what we hope after that experience is you're going to be ready to make the switch and we'll make the referral for you to the automaker of choice. Um, And then the the other uh, way that we reach people is uh, through what we call our EV road show, which is not everyone is within striking distance of our discovery center. And so we take vehicles to events on the road, uh, to festivals and fairs and things all over Ontario and actually now uh, across Canada. 
Do you have a schedule perhaps for the summer? I mean, would some of our listeners perhaps in the prairies or BC or Quebec have a chance to to take part? Yeah. Yes, we have. For, for example, uh, in March, we're going to be in Calgary at the auto show. Uh, we have plans uh, in the spring, later spring in BC. We're going to be uh, all over uh, over the summer. So certainly uh, by checking plugandrive.ca, there's an events listing and you can find out where we're going to be and when so that you can check it out. So from your experience with the, with the uh, center, what is the biggest um, misconception do you think people have about EVs? Well, we've done a lot of research on this, and of course we collect data from everyone who visits. And um, surprisingly, the number one concern people have is actually price. Uh, we sort of expected it to be range, uh, but what we're finding is range is still a concern people have, but it tends to be further down the list. Uh, the number one concern is price. People believe EVs are too expensive, and they believe that because they don't actually uh, know about all the different makes and models that are available. They certainly have never thought about used, and they also uh, don't realize all the money they're going to save driving a, an electric car in comparison to a gas car. So for all those reasons, they believe EVs are too expensive for them. So that's kind of segues into to my next question, which is a, a question about incentives. Um, Ontario, as we know, got rid of their uh, rebate a few years ago for EV purchases, but uh, Plug and Drive has uh, kind of stepped in to fill the void of sorts with their own. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Ontario lost its provincial rebate. I know that uh, BC and Quebec still offer provincial rebates, and we see the feds have come in with a national rebate on new vehicles. Uh, but what uh, Plug and Drive has been able to do is partner with a private philanthropist who is funding a used EV rebate. And this, of course, targets a, a different demographic of folks who, who tend to buy used cars. And what we're offering is $1,000 off a used EV um, if you meet our program criteria, and then a second $1,000 off if you also scrap an old gas car and buy the used EV. So $2,000 in that case. Is that just for Ontario residents or is that a national It is. Program? Right now it is just for Ontario. Talking about the philanthropist funds, where do your operating funds come from as a nonprofit? So uh, most of our funds come from corporations that, that support us. A lot of them are electricity companies, as you can imagine, uh, as well as the automakers, um, uh, the, some financial institutions, and then I would say miscellaneous others. <laughs> So interesting that you offer, um, you know, a few models or, or I'm not sure if you have all the models of EVs, but different we manufacturers. We have most of them. We have most of them. We don't have every model, but we have uh, right now, for example, if you came by today, we have 18 vehicles available to drive. Yeah, that's impressive. That's uh, that's a great uh, that's a great program for people to really get a sense of right, what's and, out and there. And it especially helps people in this current market where a lot of dealerships still don't have the vehicles. Uh, and also the benefit of the one-stop shop where you don't have to go to a whole bunch of dealerships to figure out which car might suit you. Do you want to test drive the latest EV or hybrid all in one location? Then make sure you attend the Vancouver International Auto Show, March 25th through 29th at the Vancouver Convention Center. Celebrate the 100th anniversary of Western Canada's best attended consumer show, Experience the best in new vehicles and fantastic 
historic automotive displays, and sign up for the Clean BC Go Electric test drives, where you'll get the opportunity to take a drive around downtown in state-of-the-art, zero-emission vehicles and get all of your EV questions answered by experts. Sign up at the show. For complete details and show tickets, visit VancouverInternationalAutoShow.com. How have um, auto manufacturers, dealers responded to that? I mean, it's I know that a dealer or actually a company in Quebec a few years ago um, kind of tried to do something similar, but from a sales perspective where they'd have a few different models from different manufacturers. Has there been pushback from manufacturers or, or are they kind of embracing the fact that you're educating well, I have to admit, at the beginning, when I was socializing the idea uh, way back when we were first even just doing these events on the road, uh, so in 2011, where we would put three or four vehicles on display for and for test drive um, at an event, uh, and there was some hesitation on behalf of some of the automakers. They didn't like to be next to the other brands. But what they've realized in the EV space is sort of that rising tide floats all the boats. And in fact, some of, at least in these early years, there really aren't direct competitors with each other. The cars are quite different. They're different price points. And so just for example, you know, a Volvo or Audi uh, EV customer may not be the same type of customer that's looking for a Nissan Leaf or a Volkswagen e-Golf. And so, and also we find that consumers tend to be quite brand loyal and they, you know, they have their idea already of which brand they want. And so they really have embraced it. And the other point I'll just make is uh, the dealerships were quite hesitant, though, initially when we were going to open the center because they imagined it, they couldn't imagine that we weren't going to sell cars. Because <laughs> we said, no, no, we're just, we're just, we're just going to promote them. You're going to sell them. And so once they realized we really weren't, um, in fact, now our largest source of referrals come from dealers. Uh, so they've really embraced it as well. Obviously, your background, as I pointed out in the in the introduction, you have two decades in the space of environmentalism, sustainability. What do you think is the biggest challenge to grow EV adoption rates in Canada? I mean, we're, we're, we're decent, I guess, compared globally, but um, there's still a feeling that a decade into this thing, we should be further along. So what's the big challenge? Is it price? I don't think it is as simple as that. Of course, price plays a role and, you know, incentives obviously help. You can look at the data to see the difference that they make. Um, of course, they shouldn't be needed forever. And so there still is this really important educational piece, which is to help people see how much money they're going to save. Um, it, it's still challenging to get people to pay now to save later because you do pay a bit more up front and you're going to save over time. Uh, once we get that price parity, uh, which, you know, many uh, auto analysts predict is going to happen in the next three to five years, once we hit that, um, all bets are off, I think, in terms of, of price being a barrier. And then and then really it's just helping educate the consumers. More makes and models helps a lot because, you know, the, the more variety there is, the easier it is for people. A big barrier in Canada has been that the early cars were mostly smaller sedans or hatchbacks. And many Canadians prefer larger vehicles. And there just really haven't been many. And so that's been a barrier. And then finally, of course, the infrastructure is catching up. Uh, people were concerned they'd be out and about and that there would be no infrastructure, even though most of us charge at home at night. 
people want the ability to charge on the road. And now if you're, if you check out any of the apps that have all the public charging stations on them, like PlugShare or ChargeHub, I mean, you'll see actually there's been an explosion. And so that is going away as a barrier. And so uh, I really believe it's just a matter of the next few years where we're going to see it really take off. Yeah. And I think something that, I mean, you kind of mentioned earlier was the availability of these vehicles. I know there's a, you know, anecdotally, I've heard many frustrations with people, you know, doing their research online and then walking into a dealer to get it. And they're told it's going to be three months or six months. Right. uh, And that's an ongoing, an ongoing problem. All across Canada, actually, we have this problem, but especially in provinces that don't have a ZEV mandate. What we have right now is two provinces, BC and Quebec with a ZEV mandate, which requires the automakers to sell a certain percentage of EVs in those provinces and the other provinces without. And then if that uh, ZEV mandate appeared when the automakers hadn't planned for it, of course, they have to send more of their supply to those provinces, which actually takes cars away from the other provinces. So it's quite unfortunate the way it is right now. The automakers are saying that it'll be corrected in the next year or two. But we're certainly still going to see a supply crunch, I would say, for at least the next year to 18 months. You know, this is the second season of our podcast and something we've kind of touched upon um, since the beginning of of the podcast every now and then was this concept of an electric vehicle revolution in Canada. Um, you know, if you look at the numbers in B.C. last year, just just to uh, as, a, as a framework, 2019 sales, almost near almost half of the vehicle EVs sold were Tesla's. So it's right. a question I sometimes <laughs> ask, and I know that you're a Model 3 driver, and I'm sure you're very yeah. pleased with that. Um, I love it. So the question is, do you think we're experiencing an EV revolution or a Tesla revolution? I mean, how do you, do you, know, do you know what I'm saying here? Yeah, I do. Well, I think Tesla's on the leading edge of a revolution. So I, so I would sort of say it's both. Uh, like in many uh, industries, when you see these kind of revolutions, sometimes there's, you know, there's the high end comes out and then you know, every, everyone catches up. And certainly, I mean, you might have seen the news yesterday or, or Wednesday where GM an, announced their next 10 models of EV. Uh, you see Volkswagen committing to electrify almost everything they make, uh, Volvo the same. And so, you know, they're all now playing catch up. And so I, I believe it is a full-on revolution. It's just some of the, uh, you know, incumbent um, automakers are, are taking a bit longer to get there. I'm going to uh, get you out of here on a final question, and it's one I've always asked people. Um, so in your opinion, what will what will signal that Canada has reached the so-called tipping point of EV adoption? I mean, in your mind, what is the tipping point? What is the metric that, that expresses that tipping point? That's a really good question. I guess, you know, uh, <laughs> I would love for – there's a few things. I would love to be, I give a lot of talks about EVs and I would love to go give a talk where people, uh, where I wasn't having to, to give sort of the 101 basics, that this is obvious to people, that they understand it. And, and that means, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I, I, I dream of the day where I work myself out of a job, like there won't be the need for an organization like mine to educate people on the benefits of EV is going to be so apparent uh, and the dealerships are all going to have the cars. There wouldn't be a need for a plug and drive to help people. Unfortunately, I think we're at least five years away from that. Uh, but uh, the second thing I would say is, you know, w- when we hit that magical price parity, when 
when, uh, for, just to pick any example, like a, a gas Kona and an electric Kona, uh, fully loaded, so comparing apples to apples, uh, cost the same. And when you have that happen, you are going to just see a complete uh, explosion. I mean, it's sort of the why not at that point. Well, Kara, thank you very much. Um, just want to compliment you on what you've done. It's uh, it's it's entrepreneurial, um, and it's it's. I know it's made a difference in a lot of people's lives when it comes to learning about EVs. And um, I wish you all the success with your uh, with your organization. And uh, we hope to see you out here in BC soon. Oh, you will. And uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Students of history will tell you wars are quite often won by the foot soldiers in spite of the generals. And Kara Claremont is one of the many unsung heroes of our country's expanding journey along the electric vehicle highway. Plug and Drive and the EV Discovery Center play major roles in educating the public about the benefits and limitations of EVs. And the only real negative I can see is that there is only one center in the country. But the road shows Kara will be hosting across the country this year will spread the EV message beyond the greater Toronto area. If one comes near you, be sure to check it out. Visit plugandrive.ca for more details. That's it for this episode. Thanks to my guest, Kara Claremont, producer extraordinaire Dar Makwana, and you for joining me on another electrifying journey down the EV highway. We always welcome your comments and criticisms via email at pluggedin at postmedia.com. For your daily dose of automotive news, views, and reviews, be sure to check out driving.ca. Subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.